0: Human design is an amalgamation of several facets of spirituality. The I Ching, astrology, chakras, Kabbalah, all combine beautifully into one system. Mary Rose and Mary Letitia have been exploring their own designs for the last year. This podcast is an extension of that exploration. Come learn laugh and grow with us as we become guided by design. Good morning, Mary.
1: Morning, Mary, how are you?
0: I'm doing rather well. Kind of a busy week this week. I will be doing a lot more substitute teaching. Than I have maybe in the past few weeks, just from the perspective of it's a four day week and I'm, I'm subbing for three days at this point.
1: All for the same teacher?
0: No. One, I get to do the library. So I'm a little excited about that. How about you?
1: Oh, you know, I just worked 12s for the last three, four days. I'm fasted. Okay. I'm ready to have some normal days. So
0: some normal days,
1: whatever that means, (laughs) whatever the fuck that means,
0: what have you, have you been listening to anything or watching anything lately?
1: Oh gosh. Yes. Um, of course my favorite murder I saw has been on break, so that's been devastating, but, um, yeah, I, um, I actually got into the books, you know, we finished, um, the, uh, discovery of witches back in november and so i got into the second third book and so I'm, I'm about probably halfway through the third book oh good and i i really enjoy it i like it the only thing that bugged me right away is that somebody else is reading it Ooh. so it took a minute for me to like capture everybody again because she's a different human so she sounds different mm-hmm. so, you know what i mean so it took me a while. I at first I had to stop and be like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen to this book. And then I was like, I'm really interested.
0: In what's but I really want to know the goddamn story. Yes. Yeah, that's so funny. Yesterday, Perla, um, a friend of ours who joins my virtual gym, she got on and she goes, "I started watching this show. Have you a, a Discovery of Witches? Have you heard of it?" And I go, "Perla, are you kidding? Of course." I, re- I reread the book every year for like the last six years. And she was like, oh, well, I post about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Well, she's not on social media that much, honestly. So I'm like, okay, fine. It's, it's, I get it. But she, um, she watched the first season on Amazon and then she's like, and then she went to go watch season two because she's like, oh my God, I was like obsessed with what was happening. I was obsessed with the story. And then she goes to watch season two and they're like, Sorry, you have to uh subscribe to something extra to get it, and I was like, Girl, I'm I checked yesterday, I my Sundance now subscription I had canceled it the last time after season two because I just don't watch any shows on Sundance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'll reactivate it, I'll give you my password information, you can watch season two. And season three because is that
1: se- coming out or is it already out?
0: The third season just started releasing like two weeks ago. It's just coming out. They they finished it. And so I'm very excited because the third book, as you're as you're reading it, is it's things that you never even thought. I mean, that's what I think is the mark of a great author, is that tying things together like she had to have had such a a a wide scope approach to what would happen in three books like it's not just like a, oh i wrote one book and then i wrote the second book and then i it was like she had to have had an encompassing view of what the entire story would tell because things that happened in you know the previous books are are coming like you're getting kind of loose ends coming together in the the third book, which I find fascinating. Um, But yeah, I love, I love it. I'm glad I was, I've been kind of wondering, but I was also not going to be like, have you been listening, have you been listening to those books? I, you know, I don't want to be that person that's always like haranguing, haranguing.
1: By midday Saturday, I've always cleared out all of my new episodes. Um, I even went and found a, a podcast this week that um karen's talked about on my favorite murder a little bit it's i let's not meet Uh uh-huh and um so i listened to a few episodes of that his voice is very monotone though i have a hard time i fall asleep to it right away so i'm like well this is a good night podcast
0: this is a good sleepy time podcast (laughs)
1: But yeah, so as soon as I clear out all my podcasts, I start listening to the book. And so I just, all day Sunday, just devour them.
0: Oh, well, I don't listen to anything new anymore. I am absolutely all about listening to every old thing that I love and know will satisfy me. Um, none of which has anything to do right now with... Um, with it's just all movies and comedy, movies and comedy. So do you,
1: um, do you really listen to that Wealth Witch? Or just... Uh,
0: like, I've got an episode that keeps starting after I finish a different episode. And then, but I'm always like, mm, no, I'm not. Just haven't been in the mindset of... I mean, I might listen to some human design podcasts and a little bit about manifestation, but it's just... I kind of even find myself tuning out of those, because here's the thing. as a projector, what i've what I've kind of come to discover about myself is that i'm I'm here to learn, but I'm not here to be guided into things. So sometimes I feel like that's the thing is like i I like to hear other people's experience. But if someone's trying to teach me something or guide me towards something, sometimes I find myself, like, um, a little, like, like a resistant horse who doesn't, does, I don't need water right now. is kind of my opinion Like you can try to lead me to water, but if I don't, if I'm not thirsty,
1: I that's something from them. That- yeah. So
0: I I go and I find something very specifically when I need it, but if it's just something someone's trying to throw at me, I did re-listen to the episode on goal sobriety for Unfuck Your Brain last week, I think, when I was starting to do something in my challenge group about beliefs um, because I that's kind of what I've been working on lately uh, in, my, in my spare time is this concept of rewriting our beliefs because I don't think that necessarily we can create a new belief from nothing. Kind of like in the discovery of witches sense, we're not weavers. We don't create new spells. We need to take an existing spell and strengthen it and make it our, our person, you know, make it like that. So, oh, I love that I can make a discovery of witches analogy. Um, so, but you know, that's kind of my thing lately is just, I've been really seeking out things I did from the reading perspective though because I had found at Christmas, um, you and I had gone to an antique store and I had searched for a book. I don't know if I told the story, but I, I had gone into a place that there was no way in hell someone should have found a specific book in their book collection. Not a damn way in hell that someone could find anything in this bookstore's book collection. And I went in there with a very specific book in mind that I wanted and it took some doing it wasn't like a oh you know the heavens parted i didn't get a sense but i, I found the book that i wanted so it was anne rice discovery uh, not discovery uh, the witching hour and so i was so excited and i had read it from the library so i had gotten about halfway through it when i had checked it out digitally through the library so i just as soon as i got it i just basically opened it to the middle and started reading from there. And this is like a, it's a small, you know, it's small paperback. So like when we think about paperbacks, there's like the kind of larger, you know, halfway between a paperback and a hardcover size, but this is the small small paperback size, but it's n- over 900 pages, probably close to a thousand the, pages. The and it's really, it's small print. Um, and I forget that it's really, that she is a horror writer. Like, don't hope for a fucking happy ending with me. <laughs> I've read this book before, and even somehow I was still hoping for a happy ending. But on that note, and then we'll get started on what we came to talk about. I did in, in looking up some information. Well, you know, I'm always like I have the book, and then I'll look something up. I do this with the discovery of witches too. I, I look things up as I'm reading because I love to see the mm-hmm. things I'm talking about. Um, apparently, AMC bought the rights to the books to make a uh, a show. So they're, I guess they're maybe going to be in production this year to make. And I think that they started with the Vampire Chronicles, but I think that they are making. Um, a, Mayf- a Mayfair Witch um, Show on AMC Which I would find super fascinating Because the whole thing about this book Is not it, There's a modern part of the story But there is The majority of the book Is the history of the 13 witches Going back to like 15th century Scotland oh, wow. And yeah And so that is The the bulk of the book is that history And that's why I love it. That's why I would, that's why I wanted to reread it is to reread that history. Um, But yeah, and I do actually have the second book. I've had that for a long time, but of course, I'm not going to read a second book in a series over, you know, without reading the the first book first. So I just finished that the other day and I think I may reread it, but it's not a happy story. Just fair warning. It's not a happy story. Um, all right. So you always ask what we're here to talk about. So I'll just dive right into it. Uh, we're finishing up our series on our channels. So uh, you, we had two that we shared three of mine and two of yours. And so we, we, kind of staggered those out to be mine, yours, mine, yours, and now we're back to mine. And this is my, you're the bookends. Yep, I'm the bookend. And so this is um, the Channel of Judgment, the 1858. Um, It's also what I was reading, a design of insatiability, which is, yeah. I think pretty, it's pretty relevant to me. Um, so this is connecting between the spleen with gate 18, the gate of correction and the root, which is gate 58, the the gate of vitality. Um, so I think what I was reading about initially that really was kind of interesting is um, the gate 58 is kind of it is it's the one that's kind of like voracious like voraciously hungry it says it is as though gate 58 says more and better more and better (laughs) um and then you know kind of um that's you know that desire to stay alive it says um as logic's impulse to keep us alive while the other gate in the spleen tempers the impulse by alerting us to what isn't healthy or is out of balance or in need of correcting. So yeah, it's kind of like um, feast and famine, I guess is kind of the way I was thinking about it is the gluttony and then the scare, you know, and then the the, the spleen gates are really fearful. They're all fear gates. So it's kind of like, be careful If you keep doing that, you're going to, you know, you're going to not like the results of all of that gluttony.
1: So growing up, um, because this is a spleen gate, I feel like it's been resonating in you your whole life. Mm -hmm. So growing up, um, do you still remember like all the looks you've gotten as you've blurted out shit like that is the right way or correcting something or (laughs) because i thought about little mary rose going well you need to do it this way and everybody looking at her
0: like (laughs) well it doesn't help to be an older sibling in this case like i feel like (laughs) that being an older sibling with this gate of correction um it was probably the bane of my parents existence to constantly be told and it's also the bane of my husband's existence it's the bane of my children's existence it's you know it is it's so fucking obvious to me
1: <laughs> and it's not to everybody else and no, that's the thing that that you've probably been oblivious to a lot of a lot of your life is like why the fuck are you doing it that way when this is the right way Mm-hmm. I mean, and and because it's a spleen gate, I know that it's probably just been resonating, like just been blurting out of you your whole life. So yeah. different jobs in high school, like I, I can just imagine that that teachers sometimes have been like, oh shit, I'll take that idea. But why the fuck did it come from a child? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like I've been giving <laughs> die-
0: die to everybody and, you know, now it, it totally makes sense. It You know, there's so much in this that makes me have to say like, oh, of course, of course, that, you know, my, my, my vision is always looking for what's out of place, what's not working, what's incorrect, um, so that I can write it. And you know, it's funny, I don't apply this to like, picture, you know, this is the thing is like, You'd think that every how every picture in my house is level. Well, first of all, I don't hang pictures, so there. Second of all, I don't apply that same. It's not. It's not correctness in necessarily specifically environment, and it, like it's so that's such low hanging fruit. Like I, my vision goes to like the top, like that's like being able to to. Yeah. to That's why it's so hard that Mary and I uh, have so many great ideas politically is because we can see what's correct. I know what's correct. Um, And it's just so obvious that other people, other people don't. Um, So so many
1: other people. That's also got to be very frustrating for you is that you see it. And all the people around you, I mean, how many people have you met like you? That can see what's correct or what's right or how that process should work, or these things. You're kind of the the diamond in the rough. Like there's there's you you've probably rarely found groups of people who were like, oh yeah, that's how it should be done. You're like, so then,
0: and, then, and then you're trying to prove to people, and that's right. the thing is like this constant proving that I'm. Oh.
1: People want viable evidence that it's going yeah. oh, exactly. it to work. Oh, exactly. But this is coming from your spleen. So this is coming from your gut, guttural reaction. You can't really give them any viable evidence. You can just say, no, but I guarantee, I read a piece in this. It's, this is the, I told you so. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And so, (laughs) that that's probably what another thing you've been able to do your whole life is be like, eh, I told you so well,
0: <laughs> yep. run and find out like, and I think it's also interesting because my spleen is directly connected to my, my, I have the, that channel of surrender between the spleen and the ego. So it's like, I don't, I shouldn't have to prove shit because my ego is defined. So therefore I inherently know how valuable and worthy everything that I you know all of that finding. I mean, basically, I I know what's correct. I shouldn't have to prove jack shit about it, um, but it just doesn't work like that with the outside world, which is really really annoying. Um, what else was in here? Oh, testing patterns, testing patterns, and um, I feel like because we've worked together, we know you know, you take so many calls, you know, I would take calls in a call center and then I'd find the pattern that worked for me. Then I would find a way and then duplicate that over every effort. I, and that's my channel or my, my gate of fixed rhythms too is like a lot of people don't necessarily have, they kind of, you know, more fly by the seat of their pants. But as soon as I could develop my own pattern I was like, oh, you know, I will make sure that I have all of these things um, and and do them all. And so that's where I've always developed and developed tools to help make other people correct.
1: That's what I was I've just going to say. <laughs> a,
0: a tool developer to help make other people correct. I did it at Bresnan when I worked there in the call center. Um because people got scored, you know that whole yeah. system.
1: Well, score. we did it at EBMs too. I know, exactly, you but you didn't so, see it because you didn't have to do it on the other end. But oh, my well, God.
0: yeah, and because my scores were never something that you they get had you to know,
1: be even discussed.
0: <laughs> once I figured out my rhythm, what what the parameters were that I needed to fill. Then I just did it correctly. I and want I to say
1: the only time that we that like I remember having to talk to you about something is that you overdid it. Like you went beyond the realm of the supervisors within the department because you had to, because the dumbasses would have stopped you from doing what you needed to get done to help that customer.
0: And you know why? Because they wanted me to be taking more calls yep. than
1: instead, instead of, of- Instead of helping one person and resolving that issue so that they didn't have to fucking keep calling back, they wanted you to be taking more calls. Which,
0: that's why I've always thought, you know, that that's why working in a call center while I could do it for so long, it was kind of soul-crushing work because of that. It wasn't about helping the actual person so much as logging another call. Like, it was just ticking. Yep. Um, so the 58 is what I was reading, and um, what I kind of made my notes here was like a desire to give something of value from a place of wonder and zest, a desire to correct anything that keeps society from achieving and maintaining well being and health. Um, so the well being and health piece is really. Like really, I think when I started, when I, when I quit drinking was really when well being and health came, like, that's when I really feel like when we move towards alignment, we don't necessarily have to know what we're aligning to. Like, I feel like that's the thing is like, kind of like a magnet gets, it clicks when it hits, when it hits something magnetic. Like when you click that into place, it starts pushing you forward. It's kind of like, um. You know your your wheels can kind of go at an angle, but when you click into the right place, it'll start like actually, you'll roll forward instead of trying to drag. It's less drag. It's creating less resistance. So when I really found found my own well being and health to be important to me is really when I started desiring to give that to other people. So that I feel like that was. A very natural progression for me, where it might not necessarily some people might just do it for themselves and be fine. And it's not about sharing it with other people. It's not about talking about it or, you know, wanting to convince other people why they're oh, why they're worthy um of it. So that's a piece, and that's in the root gate. That's that that pressure. I have a pressure gate there that's like, if you're not doing it for the benefit of other people, then it feels really selfish. I feel like that's a big piece of it too.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, it's really why you're so successful at sharing your journey. Like you've been really good. You were sharing your journey, your whole life through social media. Don't get me wrong. Or since social media became a thing, but I feel like People really started paying attention when you started to become aligned, when you when you got sober, and when you started the the beach body, and you really started to like started your wheels on that track. Everybody kind of went, "Wait a second, what, what's Mary Rose doing over here? What's she doing? What's happening?" <laughs> yeah, and and the fact that you've been able to share that and be so consistent and i feel like maybe because you spent your whole life blurting out things and everybody going well how do you know that this has been the first really consistent area in your life where you've been able to be like i don't have to say shit. watch me
0: well exactly it's like how do i know this because it's lived experience correct point to a lived experience and show that as the proof whereas you know a lot of things are more theoretical like yeah i think that this could work i think that this would be the correct way to do it and people are like just you've
1: never been like that you've never been like i think like this is how it will work this is i want to read this little excerpt to you because i loved it oh did i lose it okay Oh. okay uh, experience as a natural internal pressure compelling you to hurl yourself into life. Um, but the task is to become wise and engage with experience that bring you joy on your terms. For example, being the party animal doesn't mean you have to attend every single party unless it appeals to you. <clears throat> There's always essential balance in your life between the gifts that come to you and what it, what it is you offer and give to others as a natural celebratory of life life is a dance enjoy the dance it ends there but i just thought that that was that like was you in a nutshell right there like embracing life bringing joy to others i don't know i just really especially yeah
0: and the environment piece like the it's not always right for you and i'm so so clued in and keyed into that piece of what's right for me and what isn't right for me, and it is—it's one of those things that it's like some people really just they—they they can't listen, you know—they can't hear themselves when their body's saying like, "I don't want to do that," "I don't want to do that," or they like, "Well, there's no logical reason for that." Like there have been times that. Oh, gosh, like when we, a few years ago, when you and I were, we literally drove all the way across town to attend like a networking function. And we got there and we're like, we don't want to go into that. We literally could see everyone inside the building. And we both knew that wasn't the right place for us. And so we went and got crumbled cookies and we we just didn't go and it's like but some people would say well i drove all that way mm-hmm. it and push in already it. here <laughs> i'm already here push into it and force themselves to go in and be in that situation and don't get me wrong there are times that we do need to to get uncomfortable to to kind of grow but there are other times where it's like if you're if your reaction is Strong in the opposite direction, you know. Listen to it. It's okay to listen to it because, you know, I used to have a lot of FOMO. I think that you, shocking. I know about what I'd be missing out on if I didn't go to the party or the bar. All of those things, and then it turns out it's like, yeah, you're going to be missing out on things, but it's like but you'd also be missing out. It's like looking at that, you're missing out this way, you're missing out this way. So are you missing, would you rather miss out on the sleep that you'd get or the quiet of being home? You know, any of those things more so than you'd miss out on being a part of a conversation that really, you know, that I think, I think back to my last, my 20 year reunion. And I was like, both nights that people, you know, normally go out and go drinking at the bar after, like, the normal, you know, regular yeah. time activities are. I was like, I'm gonna go to bed. And Thad went out. Thad went out and he did the things. And I was, and he, you know, he got, I think, pretty wasted both nights. But I was like, you know, no, I'm just gonna go home. I'd really rather go home and go to sleep and wake up and and just do my normal stuff in the morning versus and yeah i'm gonna miss out on the conversation i'm gonna miss out on who's who's in a fight you know i'm gonna miss out on that stuff but it's like i can find all of that information out later and if if i I don't
1: anyway and oh my yeah and
0: if i don't then oh, oh gosh i'm like i had one of those little dry things on my nose so i just noticed that i'm like got a big spot of blood there okay the um the I'll say one more thing about the root center and then I've got a little bit about the spleen. Um, it was talking about providing the energy that is needed to move people from talking about something to doing it. Um, and that to me really did resonate um, because I don't necessarily show people how to do the things that I do. I just really focus on showing them that it's possible. And I don't know that how that translates energetically into people doing them. Um, but I think that the root is one of the energy centers. So that might play a part in it. I'm always having to look to see.
1: No. Well, there's no motor connected. Oh, motor gate- centers. That's right. Yeah. So I thought that the, I actually underlined. I was oh. like, there's no motor connected in gate 18. So...
0: No, but that's, this is still gate 58 and that the route is one of the motor centers. It is. Okay. Okay. That's where it is providing the
1: energy. Providing the energy. Okay. Okay.
0: So that was, that was the last piece I was going to say on gate 58 is that it is a motor center. And so that is where I guess it has been kind of a blessing to have three out of four of the motors in my chart defined. Um, to give me and i you know the solar plexus is a mo- motor too i kind of f- sometimes forget that that mm-hmm. our emotions are actually a such a motor to driving <laughs> us you know I, <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting because it's like that's why we allow the our emotions that's why it gives us so much force towards action it's like when we're sad we will take, you know, that will drive us towards an action that will either deepen our sadness or release our sadness. Um, You know, I just, that's kind of, yeah, I forget about that one sometimes because I know that my heart center is, and I know that the root center is, but then I forget that damn solar plexus is also a big one. All right. So the gift of critical awareness directs me to the source of weakness or imperfection and focuses me on thinking of ways to correct, modify, or replace it. So this is the gate 18 (laughs) where I look at something critically and this, I, uh, my speech and drama experience, I think was, was where I really kind of started tuning into how to apply this in a way on, on myself so it's not so much necessarily yes i can find it in other people but before i could really practice doing this with other people you really have to i wonder whether or not the gate of correct of correction is one that tends to dislike being told where it needs to well i can tell you
1: i i bet because i mean this part that i i wrote down um This is the intuition to make things perfect. The gate of editor and accountant. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't like to be told. Mm -hmm. So you you like to be perfect. Like that's that's the thing. There's no thinking here, just intuitive understanding. Yeah. And so that whole
0: that's when you said I don't it's not about the I think it will work. It's a
1: and the fear drives that. Mm-hmm. So the fear drives that, like, you, you you, need to understand. So I feel like you probably learned quickly. There wasn't a lot of trial and error.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's also a really interesting point that so much of that that fear is if... if, if well, and that, that's perfectionism in a nutshell, is the fear of not doing it correctly means you don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also just knowing that, that, you know, knowing what's correct for me has kept me from putting myself in harm's way. And that a lot of people that don't have those, those same connections within this gate or within their spleen do tend to, um, take more risks to see how things will go. But because of that, that vision, the visionary aspect of being a projector and having the definitions that I do is to say, I've already seen the outcome. And I, you know, it's basically almost like in so many ways, like I've already experienced whatever that, that action would have given me in terms of delight or excitement. And then been like, Yeah. I don't need to repeat that again. Like, it's almost like I've done the thing, but I didn't have to do the thing to know,
1: to know for your gut to know that that wasn't the thing. (laughs) Like I, I'm sure
0: people like bungee jumping is one of those things. It's not like, it's not like I think that I would actually die, but I can feel the amount of delight and excitement in my guts with other things. So I just, I'm not compelled to use bu- bungee jumping to find that in myself. You know, I, I, have already discovered it. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't, I don't need it.
1: So this part under uh, gate that in this other book, it calls it the gate of improving because it's always uh, nicer language, but it, it talks <laughs> about, <laughs> um, Working on things that have been spoiled. So like accepting somebody else's way of doing things can cast a stone, but that can be personally disempowering. This can relate to patterns from your childhood in the way that you've been raised or fossilized tradition with no (laughs) revel. I can't say revelance today. Relevance. Relevance. Thank you. (laughs) to your present day life. Gate 18's goal is to review the old ways and traditions to bring about improvement for yourself and society. Yeah. um,
0: I think that that's, again, looking at, but remember when we talked about the ability to look at the past mm-hmm. and take from the past the lessons that we need to move forward with. I think that that's, Um, Mine was talking about discernment um, enhanced by impartial discernment and logic's drive to perfect or fine tune your own skills of critical analysis. So it's definitely not with a mindset of criticizing for the sake of criticizing. And that's, I think a big piece is like, Mm -hmm. I stopped being so critical and judgmental. Like I, I think back to like the, you know, the way I used to be specifically like friendships where the friendship was really built around cat being catty about other people. And I'm like, you know, I just don't have, you know, there might be some things that I have to say about someone, but usually they're, they're not like, they're not based in some kind of superficial, Kind of capacity of. Do you of,
1: think that that's the way that this naturally came out in you because it was accepted societally? Because I feel like you've probably always had the instant judgment, but maybe not verbalized it. And even even when it wasn't catty as a kid you know what I mean? You just, well, I'm not even saying
0: as a kid, I'm saying an adulthood. No, like, I know.
1: I know. Yeah. Cause I know exactly like friend groups that you're talking about. That's the Mary Rose that I met. You know what I mean? I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because you and I used to do it. Um, you know, at, at EBMS, like, Oh my God, so-and-so's hair, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but at the same time, I'm just asking you if you feel like that came out in you naturally because you were already casting some judgments, maybe not necessarily negative judgments or catty judgments, but that's how it was societally accepted.
0: It is because you can be, you can be judgmental about the way someone looks, talks or Mm behaves. it is a lot more difficult to take a step back and be. um, Self-critical and judgmental, Mm -hmm. like looking at that and saying, is that something in myself that I find Um, and also like that, that, um, the piece and I I am like the word is escaping me, but like compassion, that's the word is looking at it from a a standpoint of like, rather than being super critical of this person, I really try to apply a much more compassionate gaze Mm -hmm. to those, those, I, I judge, I immediately make those judgments. I, that's, it hasn't stopped. But then they're immediately tempered with
1: a layer of compassion.
0: A layer of compassion, like a blanket of compassion is thrown over all of those judgments to say, you know, even when someone's being a fucking asshole, there are times, you know, especially like when you take that step back and be like, well, how would I react in this situation? Or, you know, if I was perceived a certain way, would that be something that would maybe bring about in me? things that I think other people would find really um, easy to judge, essentially. Um, uh, This one piece that I wanted to talk about before we're done is that it says, what brings you real joy is being asked to share as in, is there something wrong here? Those who ask Mm -hmm. you are the people who are prepared for and open to your answer Can I just tell you how many people don't, I don't get asked, is there something wrong here as often as my, as I feel I should?
1: Yes. Yes. I, I absolutely. And that's why I think about all those moments that we got to work with other people and they asked, Mm -hmm. and they asked the question because they got fucking results if they ask the question like how how would this be better or you know what what's going on here that you know what i mean and you being able to go ahead and just go well here's your first block in this process here's your second block here's how you can fix those you know what i mean and just being able to lay it out if people were open to listening to what you had to say it fucking worked every time, Mary. And you know this. You know this. You I don't need do. to be told this. But that's why we got frustrated. Because people would stop asking. Mm-hmm. As we worked with people, as we worked with people, the longer we worked with people, because they knew they had to put the work in on their end, they eventually stopped
0: yeah, the yeah. question. And that was like, how can I do, how can I be successful without, without making any doing anything? Yeah.
1: Without doing anything. I don't want to put any effort forward. I don't want to do any work, but how do I get successful? And that's when we were both like, I don't fucking think so. I yeah. Mean, sorry but but you shut down the second people stop asking for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so while we are and I'm still in there trying to like but but you got to put the work in cuz I'm I'm a put your head down and get the fucking work done person. And so if they're going to stop asking and they're going to stop putting the work in, we can't work with those people mm-hmm. and we watched that happen kind of over and over again.
0: We <laughs> did. We did. And or they'd start seeing a little bit of the success and then think that their yeah. job was would- yeah, yep and it's like oh god i, I wish i wish that that was <laughs> the case but it just doesn't work like that I wish
1: it wasn't it's work like, every single day yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's like exercise until you get this is why i hate goal weights is like you exercise till you get to the goal weight and then what do you do do you stop like That's the mentality is I'm only doing this until I reach my goal and then I don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, no, the whole purpose is that you build the, the consistency in doing it so that when you reach that goal, you've already established the habit and you just keep going. You just keep going day in, day out, whether you like it or not, because that's the whole point. It's not just like this whole mentality, societal mentality, that we work until we reach the goal and then the work is over. It's like, I don't know where we got this idea from because it's like, we didn't learn to walk and then we just stopped walking. We learned to walk so that we could learn to run so that we could learn to jump and climb trees and all of those things. We didn't do it just with the goal of, I'm going to learn how to walk or I'm going to learn how to read and then I'm going to stop reading. Like what? I don't understand that. That's why I find it so frustrating to have that mentality about goals, whether it's business goals. I want to make so much X amount of money. And then what are you going to stop making money after that? Like I,
1: damn. I know it, it makes so much sense, but yet the whole of society does not understand. They want the easy way out. Everybody wants the, everybody wants like, wait, the- quick fix. Yeah. The magic pill, the,
0: the, you know, it is, it's very much a, everybody wants the, the results of the work, but the, but we've been told that, and I feel like this is fast food culture. Like the idea of we want a meal, but we don't want to cook it. We want it fast. We want it delivered to our, our door by way of um, whether we drove and then they deliver it to our window, you know, all of that. It's like, Entitlement is a big piece of it and that we as humans keep thinking that if we can do it, if everything can work faster and faster and faster, that our um, our success should come as fast as as, you know, on demand, essentially, it's just not the way that it works. Sorry,
1: no, not at all.
0: Oh.
1: Oh, this has been really fun. This is the last of this. Um, series, and i've I've felt really great every time we have one of these conversations that, oh, that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it
0: has been really uh it's been really interesting to kind of go through and learn more, you know, channels specifically are what give our chart their definition. Mm-hmm. And so without these channels, we wouldn't have our the the definition that we do like, Without your um, channel between the, what was it the the solar plexus you've got your your solar plexus to sacral I think is yeah that's where you have to have been defined for both of those um, you know we wouldn't have you wouldn't be a generator if you didn't have that channel um, so I think that's that is really cool and interesting and it does these are the themes. Of our lives, this is very thematic for a lot of what we do. Whether it was you and your your gate of um, mating and having <laughs> three children very young, and and you know that, and then creating like bonds. You know, you're very much that bonds. You know, forming this almost familial. When someone becomes your friend, they become your family. Um, so, anyways. But yeah, we probably should get going so that we can get move on with the day. Is there any last minute things you
1: want
0: to share? Oh, no. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I put you on the spot. I I was like, oh god, I, you know, it's that uh, the whole thing of like, if somebody asks me if there's anything last minute I want to share, God, no, because if you if I do, <laughs> you won't get me to shut up. <laughs> all right well it was it's been a joy i hope you have a wonderful day you too bye